Hello, everybody. Joel Junker here with another episode of the Cameron Brooks podcast, Above and Beyond. And this is a podcast um, with an interview with one of the Cameron Brooks alumni, Dave Hansen, that we helped transition to Love's Travel Stops. And Dave is now working in the corporate headquarters. He's one of the early people that we placed with uh, Love's several years ago. He spent time uh, through the development program running the Love's Travel Stops market in one of the in North Carolina and then promoted to uh, to the headquarters as well. And he's also gotten his MBA um, uh, part-time while he was doing this. And in this, we talk about the, uh, the value of earning the MBA while you're working and some of the advantages of getting the MBA while working and the applicability into the work environment. We also talk about the importance of being a giver. And when you give to your company, that's when you receive and your opportunities to grow and to move into higher levels of leadership responsibility come to fruition. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. Lots of great lessons, applicable lessons uh, for junior military officers out there thinking about the transition as well as junior officers already out there early in their career in making the transition. Dave, it's Joel. Welcome to the Cameron Rooks podcast. Certainly appreciate you being here and talking about your, your transition and your experience at Love's. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an honor to be asked to be on the uh, the podcast with you. I really look forward to it. So, Dave, I can't recall. Are you the first Cameron Brooks alum that went to work at Love's? I am part of the first group that got hired in. So I think my conference back in April of 2015 was the first time Love's came to a Cameron Brooks conference. Um, so, yeah, you can say I'm one of the I'm one of the first couple JMO hires for the for the company through that formal process. Gotcha. First one of the first couple. Um, mm-hmm. Tell well maybe give the the listeners a bit of a background on you and what you did in the military, why you got out and and made the transition to to the business world. Yeah. Um, so my background, I joined the army in two thousand eight. I spent seven years as an infantry officer, spent some time at Fort Campbell, Fort Benning, Fort Hood, um, did two deployments to Afghanistan and a training rotation over to Eastern Europe during that stint. Um, ended up deciding to get out at the end of my seven-year contract. I had a new family at the time, two kids, both under, I think, the age of three at the time, and uh, wanted to be able to have an opportunity to spend more time with my family, get a little bit more stability. Um, you know, as, as you get older, responsibilities change, and, and there were some decisions and to, to give my family some more uh, stability. So, you know, it kind of had to look at balancing some of my options there between going back to a brick-and-mortar school and continuing some education or uh, use a service, which in this case I use Cameron Brooks, to uh, transition to corporate America. Um, and, and, Dave, what um, what was it? Um, in the reason that you, of all the options you had and to be able to make the change and transition to business that you decided that Cameron Brooks would be the right best fit for you in making the change and, and going, helping Cameron Brooks pivot you into the business world. Yeah. Um, so those early information uh, sessions that uh, I'm fairly confident you guys probably still hold uh, was really insightful 
and uh, I thought it was really well put together compared to some of the other services that were out there for JMOs. Um, and then just some of the additional conversations that I've had, I had along the way with, with you and Pete really gave me that confidence that uh, Cameron Brooks uh, not only had my best interest in mind, but were going to hold me accountable for the level of preparation needed to successfully transition, which you all did. Uh, and I'm tremendously grateful for that um, because it's gotten me into an outstanding company. Uh, with loves, but it also, you know, kind of set me on the right path uh, for my now almost five years uh, with the company post transition. Um, you know, I was talking with somebody just, uh, you know, just recently about loves um, that that's there now, just being extraordinarily successful. And I think a lot of people kind of. Uh, not a lot, and it's not everybody, but I think there's a, a a number of people, even people that ultimately accept and go to work for loves and thrive and be successful. That on the initial thought is, um, if I go to go to loves, I'm you know I'm working at a company that really does truck stops. I'm going to learn how to manage a truck stop. Is that really what I was thinking when I what I should do when I get out of the military is go manage or run a truck stop? But I know I'm oversimplifying it, but I wanted to just share with you sometimes what I hear when people don't know truly about the opportunity at Loves. Kind of mm -hmm. that statement back. What was it about Loves that you said, not only, hey, I want to go to work for this company, but now you're still there five years later and being extraordinarily successful? Yeah. Um, and it, it's interesting that you say that because I've had those conversations with a lot of uh, the guys that come into the program. And, and you know, it, it, it is admittedly not something that you may have thought when you were growing up, this is something I want to do in the future, but in its at its core, you're basically being asked to run a very profitable business uh, for a privately held company and in 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 an outstanding ownership family. Um, so, I mean, I think first and foremost, you know, the culture, the idea of loves from a culture standpoint kind of stuck out with me through the literature, the literature provided and talking to uh, the recruiters early on. And I've been tremendously impressed with the fact that all of the things that I was told during the recruiting process held true. It, it you know, they were a rapidly growing company and we still are. Um, the culture of, hey, you know, in it, at its core, our chief culture officer, Jenny Lovemeyer will say, you know, you take care of your customers, we'll take care of you. That's genuinely something that the company works and strives for on a day-in, day-out basis. Um, and it's paid a tremendous dividends as, as part of our growth um, as a company. And it's with that growth, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity. Um, you know, and in the last five years, I, I came in as an operations manager, did that for about a year. Um, and due to my willingness to relocate as opportunities arose, I went and ran a store, uh, you know, multi-million dollar type P&L down in Chattanooga, Tennessee for about a year. Um, apparently did well doing that, got asked to go run a district. So I was responsible for all of our stores in the state of North Carolina for two years, which, you know, take a multi-million dollar P&L for one store, multiply that by, you know, eight. Um, and as you kind of progress through it, the, the, the perceived simplicity 
of it transitions into gaining this appreciation for you're really learning the essence of what it is to run a business and you're being you know held responsible for that piece of business that you're that you're being asked to run but it, they give you all the tools and and all the all the things you need to be successful uh in order to do that they just don't you know throw you in and um with that as well uh, the 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 stretch and the growth um was not necessarily when I thought it was time for it to happen, but it was when it was right for it to happen, if that makes sense. And um, it just set me up for, for, for future success as I continue to pro progress through the company. So, uh, I, again, I, I'm tremendously grateful that through Cameron Brooks, I, I, I got the opportunity to come for loves. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 um, Those initial kind of mental hurdles and obstacles, I think, are common for most JMOs that are transitioning. Um, and this one may be a little unique because it's not something that that sticks out as, you know, it's not like a sales type position. Uh, but once you get into it and you commit to it, uh, you really start gaining that appreciation for the complexity of what it means to provide highway hospitality. Yeah, I think even somebody that told me recently that the reason he chose to go to work for Loves is that he always wanted to run a business. Mm -hmm. And this allowed him to run the business, run a, a multi-million dollar business, um, and have actually equity in the company um, as you move up without having to be like a franchise owner um, or buy into a franchise, but actually be a part of a larger, as you mentioned, the culture and the organization where you really get the best of all those things. You're running a business as if you're on your own business owner. Um, you have profit and loss, or as you mentioned, P&L responsibility. Um, like, you're running, like you're running a business. You have freedom to run that business. You're accountable for it. Yet you're a part of this larger culture of the loves, and you even have a chief culture officer. Um, mm -hmm. And so I thought that was really just a unique way to put it, that at a young age, you you have the ability to really have a lot of responsibility, but it is getting over the hurdle of putting in those first six months to a year to really learn the business. And sometimes it doesn't happen as fast as you wish it would. Yeah. And, and we had, um, we had some initial uh, or some interviews from the, your guys' most recent um, uh, career conference, you know, we had a panel interview here at the office and then that was one thing that I did speak to at the time is, you know, focus in, in whatever you do, transitioning out, focus on being the best that you can in the position that you were hired into and learn the business that you're being asked to, to whether it's, whether it is coming to loves and, and learning how to run, you know, basically be an entrepreneur and run a business, or if you're going into sales or something in engineering, that first step is critical to just, you know, you got to humble yourself a little bit and just accept the fact you don't know what you don't know and just do your best to learn everything about what you've just transitioned into. Um, and it will pay off. It's hard. Um, and and it, it's, it can be mentally taxing because, well, it, it it's just that, you know, you're, you're, you've, you've taken a leap of faith and no matter what you do, that question in the back of your mind of what if or should I have done this will be there. But once you finally 
get past that first six to eight months, I'd say probably in any transition and it starts to click because you committed. Now you've bought into what you're doing and um, sky's the limit at that point. What, so what is the opportunity there at Love's? What is that? The, what is the payoff for the investor? You would talk about investor. Like, so somebody said to me, you know, Joel at Cameron Brooks, the first year, uh, I really just did all the small things, deliver notes, take notes, type up people's emails, make photocopies, get back when people fax things, those types mm-hmm. of things. Did all that stuff. And then, then like in year two, I just helped Mary Lou um, do her work. And then I ended up just setting up travel for people for follow-up interviews. And Roger mm-hmm. Cameron sent me to military bases like Fort Polk, Fort Sill, uh, Kirtland Air Force Base. Fort Huachuca, all these little bases that, you know, people didn't want to travel to anymore where I could cut my teeth on recruiting. And it was hard. It wasn't, wasn't all that exciting uh, necessarily. I was not going to the exciting places, but for me, the payoff ended up being, I made a partner, you know, it took me 10 years and I think it's, things happen a little bit faster at loves for people, but in 10 years I made partner, but it, it it all built off what I did those first two years. And so the opportunity for me at Cameron Brooks is partnership. What, what, investing to to clean the bathroom or to sweep the parking lot, what is the payoff in six months to a year? What is the, okay, now I've got this type of role. Can you describe what that role is and what makes it an interesting and exciting opportunity? Yeah, so the, the, the JMO program here that loves is, is transitions uh, and evolved a little bit over time, which I think is actually even more impactful now. Um, than than early on, but you know, pretty much everybody will come in for the most part in this like operations manager role, which is really kind of like your first kind of what you described. Um, um, you learn the business, right? Like you're breaking cash registers and cleaning bathrooms and taking care of customers, and it's that roll up the sleeve servant leadership type uh, job. You know, I worked nights, weekends um, for the first. Six, that was probably eight months to a year, but it's really the at that hands-on learning experience is really it shows you the essence of what we do as a company, and that doesn't that's something you can only get by doing it. I mean, if I would have directly came into the office for the role that I have now, I wouldn't have that context that really gives you that foundational understanding of what am I doing here and now that's going to impact that 22-year-old cashier that's interacting with one of our customers? Um, so I think that piece, even though it is a shift going from, you know, being a, in my case, an infantry officer and, you know, I was doing some of those, you know, uh, fun and and then what you'd say would be high-speed type jobs and to going down into this this new role, I just looked at it as the company is using this as a developmental position to teach me the business that I can't get if I went to, let's say, grad school. Now, I did that on the side, right, to complement my development, but I wouldn't have known how to do that. And then you get noticed because you're putting in that hard work, you're understanding, you're developing the competencies needed, and then you go run a store. And at, at that point, you really have 
not only responsibility for retail and fuel, but you're also learning food service. You're learning our truck care, truck service business as well. So in reality, you're almost a, a, a multi-unit manager, even at the general manager level, because you're responsible for, for multiple different managers, probably in most locations now, 60 to 70 plus employees. Um, and I did that in a, in a high volume location. And as you mentioned, there is a lot of equity. Um, we have a profit sharing program at that level once you're you know, in the, the GM role. Um, so like I get a cut of what I contribute to the company's bottom line and that continues as you, uh, as you progress through the company. And then as a district manager, I mean, it's, I moved into the middle of the state of North Carolina and was responsible for the entire state. Uh, and that happened within the first three years. And timelines ebb and flow and shifts based off of, from what I've seen, you know, guys that didn't want to relocate or the timing just wasn't right because of an organizational change here or there. But the timeline really wasn't important. But what was important was that I did everything that the company asked me to do. And they made good on that growth and potential for opportunities that I was spoken to uh, when I first talked to the recruiters with Loves. And that has stayed consistent for all of the JMOs that have come in and proved stuck with it and had that, you know, proved through their own merit that they were capable of running one of our businesses. And then beyond that, above store leadership roles, district managers, merchandising, truck care, food service. And even now I, I have a role here at the office where I do analytics, reporting, special projects, advise senior leadership on various different types of things, cross-department functions. Um, but I wouldn't have been able to get to where I'm at without first being willing to roll up my sleeves and do some of that dirty work. And that just stays yeah. with you. Yeah, and so you're alluding to, I don't think you're supposed to you know, help the listeners understand, you're at the corporate headquarters now in a, in a corporate job. Correct. Yeah. In, in, um, in, in how, how long did, were you out in the proverbial field, if you will, with the stores before you moved to the corporate headquarters? So it was right around um, four, four and a half years. I came to Oklahoma City about a year ago. Um, yeah, roughly last May, last, last June. Um, and I'm a manager of operations now currently. Um, and as I alluded to uh, before, um, it is an office role, so I'm not out in the field as much. I, I do get out occasionally, but I'm not directly responsible or overseeing store operations like I did when I was a general manager or district manager. Um, but I do current and future operation planning, have some analytic and reporting uh, development type responsibilities, special projects. Um, basically, I'm kind of, for those that have, you know, that are listening that have that military background, it's kind of that assistant operations role that you would have like at a battalion or a brigade headquarters, which is what I did at, at the end of my career. So it was, it, it's a comfortable fit. Um, but now I've also, through the willingness to, to, to take those opportunities that come, I now have gotten to the point where uh, I'm probably not going to have to relocate my family for a while. You know, it, it took a little longer than what my wife and I originally thought. Um, 
but we just didn't know what we didn't know. But now we're in a place where we can have that stability that we were seeking when we came out. It just took a little longer than we thought. Um, but that was something that even Chuck mentioned when I was at the career conference that, you know, to get to where you want to go, you're going to have to sacrifice and make those choices between the role, the location, compensation, and, you know, going through that thought process every time a promotion came up. And um, it was just, it, it was the right time to do it. And it's, it's worked out. You know, one of the things that I didn't know uh, until you, you know, just before we started the call, um, just before we hit record on the podcast, is that um, you had uh, gotten your MBA while working at Love's. I, how did you do that? Where did you go? And why did you choose to do a part-time program versus a full-time program? Um, well, yeah. So the... I had taken my GMAT when I was in the Army, so, you know, you kind of have plan A, plan B, and one of the plans was, well, maybe I'll do brick and mortar for two years. But like I mentioned at the time, I had a small family, and part of it was just we couldn't financially figure out how to make it work to pay the monthly expenses while I was still, if I went to full brick and mortar grad school. And then, thankfully, now, there are a lot of tremendous opportunities for online learning. I went to the University of Massachusetts uh, Amherst, which had a fully non-resident online MBA program. And um, I took one or two classes a semester, which was about as much as I could handle given my work schedule. And it took about four years. Um, but yeah, I had the GI Bill that paid 100% of it, and there was really no rush because uh, it was it was a personal goal. It wasn't something that I needed to come work for Love's like at most companies. You know, you have that experience coming out of the military with people leadership and various other skill sets. That's what they're looking for. Um, so I added as a compliment. And um, I'm not going to say it was easy, uh, but it was worth it. So, you know, it was, it, I was able to do it on my own time to be able to manage work, education, and my family, because uh, we added to it as I left the army, and um, you know, it's just it's another testament to, you know, it didn't happen as quickly as I originally thought it would, but I'm glad that I put the time and effort into it because now, you know, it's a in my mind one of my my major life achievements was to get my MBA, and, and I was able to do it. It, it, what are the from you know? Let's take two both sides of the coin here. What do you think are the um, the pros and cons of the full time? You know, you've done the part time. I've actually not done the, the full time. You've talked to people who've done, but what do you think the downside is of doing the part time program um, and working versus just going full time? Um, I would probably say your ability to focus on it um, because. The time management piece was definitely tricky at times, doing it part-time versus if you do full-time, you may have a full-time job or a part-time job during that process, but you're really, be, by going to a brick-and-mortar school, and I'm, I'm kind of making this assumption, you're, you're dedicating yourself to a two-year experience. You're all in on that one thing, whereas 
you know, there'd be times where, you know, I would have to wait until the weekend to work on schoolwork and dedicate, and I did many, many times, a Saturday or Sunday just to grad school. And then maybe, you know, a family event or whatnot. Um, so the time management piece it, it was, was difficult at times. Um, and I didn't start right away. Um, but it was kind of one of those, if I wait to do it part-time, there'll never be a convenient time to do it. So I might as well just start. And once I did, I got more comfortable. I started off, you know, small bites, did one class, did that for about a year and a half and then realized, okay, I think I can handle a little more. And then when I got to like an accounting and finance class, both at the same time was like, this is a little too much, but I ended up making through it. And, you know, it's just, you ingrain it as part of just what you're doing. Um, but I think the con to that was that, yeah, it did tie up a lot of time that now that I'm done with it, I see how much free time I do have uh, that I wasn't able to spend like with my kids or my wife during that period of time. So what do you think of the, the pros of the part-time program? Um, I, I, from a personal experience, I learned as I learned, I learned the academic way that business should work as I learned the way that my company runs its business. And I'm not saying that they're in conflict. What I'm saying is, is that you get kind of this foundational knowledge of how your business that you're working, the company you're working for runs and operates while you're getting an, an understanding of just the way uh, business theoretically works. And I completed my MBA six months after I got my job here at the office. And just by happenstance, by the time I completed it, I was in a position where I could actually use some of that academic knowledge as part of my decision making from a strategic standpoint to help better enable the company to meet its goals. I didn't necessarily need that knowledge when I first joined, but now I'm glad I have it because it's given me another tool in my toolkit to to uh, do it. So I, and my boss at the time, he had kind of done the same thing and he told me like, hey, now that you're done, don't try to use all of that knowledge from your MBA out the gate. So I think one of the benefits of the pacing was the time was based on the timing I got, I finally had gotten into a role where that wealth of knowledge that you get from learning your getting an MBA can be applied. Whereas if I think I went to, let's say two years straight out the gate and then came in at that kind of entry level, fast development role with loves, I would have tried to apply some of that academic stuff when it wasn't the right time to. So I would have just had it and I wanted to use it. Whereas, well, right now you just, you need to be doing these types of things and take care of the customer and, you know, just run, run, a, run a small business. I did a uh, graduate program as well. And my experience for me personally was the same thing as at Northwestern. And there was a group of people that were uh, a small minority that were doing it full time. In, the, in the, mm -hmm. the classes that I took, and the majority were doing it part-time. And by far and away, the majority of the people that had the, the business experience, it was fun. It was interesting because every time we did a case study, we were solving problems or talking about the theory. Mm -hmm. We were always talking about the theory. 
we were applying the theory to some real world problem that somebody had at work right then and there. So there's always like the mm-hmm. theoretical, it's almost like in the army, right, David, I think you agree. There's the theory in the manual. Then there's like the reality of what we're doing on the ground. And theory always yeah. looks good in the manual, looks good on the, on the rock drill map or whatever, but it's totally mm-hmm. different when you're trying to apply that in the ground. And that was the fun thing about being able to do that. And I think everybody that I was in the graduate program with had business experience of some some sorts. It wasn't, even if they were doing it full time, they were able to still bring in some of those things. So I think that, um, and I was just sharing this with a a candidate I was talking to at one time, I was thinking about a full-time program that it just, there's a shift going on right now in academia to to more the part-time because of the value of, but there's more value of applied theory than there is just theory. Yeah, I, and I, I would agree with that. I mean, I, looking back on it now, similar to the way that the, the military does it, I was able to learn kind of the quote-unquote art and science of business simultaneously, um, which I think was very beneficial. To, to your point, I could be in a class, ask a question, and then turn around and um, see how it applied in the real world or ask questions. And, you know, one of the benefits of it, it, doing it in real time, is that, you know, some of that situational leadership, you had it there available when you would, you know, sometimes you're out there just talking to, you know, you're talking to your team members, you're talking to customers, maybe your direct supervisor, but then you have an owner or a vice president come through on a business review and it gives you that skill set to be able to manage up and talk at that higher level, but also being able to incorporate it in with what you do on a day-in, day-out basis. And I don't know if I necessarily would have been able to do that as well had I just done that brick-and-mortar piece first, because it just kind of all interwoven into my development experience uh, working with the company while getting my MBA online. Yeah, that was great. I didn't even know when we were going to get into this today that you had done your MBA. So it's uh, timely. As uh, as I said, I just had a had conversations with some people about this. And it's a tough choice. I mean, with um, having uh, the post 9-11 GI Bill, um, I was there's a really good book um, called The Personal MBA. I'd have to hop off my phone and look at the the author, but he cites two studies in the personal MBA that the full-time version can, you just got to be very, you got to be very selective in what you do because I think the guy's name Schlager, S-C-H-L-A-G-E-R, and he went to Wharton MBA school and he did a, after he was all done, he did a study across all full-time MBA programs on the opportunity cost, lost income. And of course, most military officers have it paid for, but he said most people, yeah, they get a higher salary, but it ends up being, they take the time value of money, mm-hmm. um, the net present value, and ends up being a negative $50,000 uh, investment. And and sometimes it does make a good sense to go to full-time programs if you're going to pivot. And I was just mentioning this to somebody else as well. There's uh, two professors back in like 2012, Pfeffer and Fong, both P-F-E-F-F-E-R, and then Fong is P-F-O-N-G, that they did um, study people with MBAs, um, that it's a really good tool. Obviously, these guys are MBA professors, but it does it really, is there a correlation or even a causation 
of the MBA for business leadership success. And it's, uh, there's not, uh, they couldn't, they couldn't distinguish it. And it even gets even looser when you go outside the top 10 MBA programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it has to be the full-time MBA has to be something that I think in some ways is, hey, I really want to get into like the, the industries like, um, bank investment banking or, um, the strategic consultant where there's just, you have to absolutely have to have a heavy quant knowledge background mm-hmm. to get into that. But what you're telling me, um, and what I knew just, and I didn't know this until I did the, the, uh, recorded a podcast yesterday with another one of your colleagues that got out, um, just two years ago, that how much you learn about running a business and the P and L and the accounting and the sales and the retail and everything else in the people piece uh, starting at about, you know, Really, year one, we become the general manager of one of your own stores. Yeah, if not, if not sooner, with the with the training. The the I think the big takeaway for me is that I did the MBA because it was a personal goal. I didn't do it because I thought I needed it to grow my career at the company. I I, I probably would have been able to get to where I am now without it. But it's helped along the way, and it was a personal goal of mine to get it. So to kind of to your point, it was almost a nice to have, not a must have. Um, but I do believe that it made me more well-rounded as an individual and helped me with that transition. But um, I don't know if it would have advanced my career any faster had I done it all in before and then started with the company. All right. Well, very Dave, you've been super insightful. Um, I really appreciate your, your uh, insight into the opportunity at loves your career in the MBA. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to close with today? Um, you know, not, not really, but I, I think, and I, I mentioned it earlier, but I've, I've been asked by a lot of JMOs that have reached out to me, specific to the company, but I think it applies in general, is don't worry about the timelines. You're probably going to question whether it was the right thing to do at some point early on after you transition. But if you just focus on being the best that you can in the position that you you got hired into, it'll pay off in the long run. You just got to stick to it. Yeah, sometimes you got to just navigate through those first difficult months or weeks, and I think that's always hard in the transition. You know, there's so much uncertainty and change along the way. But uh, well, Dave, thank you so much for your time and and your thoughtfulness and and your knowledge and sharing with everybody. And uh, we certainly wish you the best with your success there at Loves. And hopefully, when we're back in person, we could see you at a conference sometime soon. Yeah, absolutely. I- I appreciate you having me on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Dave. Uh, to learn more about Cameron Brooks, you can visit us at our website, Cameron-Brooks.com. Also, our book, PCS to Corporate America, the fourth edition, which is on uh, Amazon. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, enjoy and continue to follow us on our, our uh, podcast. And if you have any suggestions or comments, please feel free to email me directly at Joel, that's J-O-E-L, at Cameron-Brooks.com.